From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Thursday, October 19. Teal MP Kylie Tink has been slammed for voting against support for Israel by a constituent whose relatives are being held hostage in Gaza. The North Sydney resident says she is appalled at the actions of the Greens and Ms Tink, who accuse Israel of war crimes. As the Middle East braces for war, Israelis are stocking up on guns and ammunition. A seismic change in a society that's always put its trust in police and the military to protect civilians. That's today's episode. This is the voice of 83-year-old Israeli entertainer Yehoram Gaon, a cultural institution, not unlike our own John Farnham. Gaon is a singer, actor, director, comedian and author, on top of being a TV and radio host. He's been around forever, releasing music since the early 60s, after a stint in the Israeli Defence Force Band. Yoni Bashan, our correspondent on the ground in Israel, encountered Yehoram Gaon this week in the central city of Herzliya. But it wasn't at a concert or a film premiere, it was at a rifle range. We were standing outside conducting interviews with people when all of a sudden a stooped gentleman who appeared rather well-dressed emerged from the National Shooting Centre and my photographer actually alerted me to him and said, do you have any idea who that is? And we looked over and it was none other than Yoram Gaon. And he was, he was a lovely guy. We stopped and had a chat to him. Gaon is one of the Israelis flocking to rangers to stock up on guns and bullets as violence erupts around them. His concern at the moment is largely around the Hamas attacks that occurred on October 7. Israel has declared a state of war after a surprise attack launched by Hamas. Dozens of gunmen from the Palestinian militant group have infiltrated southern Israel from the Gaza Strip, firing thousands of rockets as far north as Tel Aviv. He's been a gun owner for some time, but only visits the centre once a year to get a refresher on how to use it. But on this occasion, he was turning up to buy more bullets, and he told us it's because he no longer feels safe. In such a tiny country, nowhere's too far from the fighting. Life is relatively normal, however, in large parts of the country, apart from the huge feeling of unease Yoni found at the National Shooting Centre. I found long lines of people waiting to gain access either for free shooting practice or to renew their licenses or because they were first time shooters. There were people there who were upgrading from pistols to fully automatic weapons because of work that they were doing in regional parts of Israel that are close to some Palestinian villages. Normally they would have felt safe patrolling with a pistol, but that's no longer the case, given the reality of the situation. I encountered an, an older gentleman. I encountered uh, young people. encountered a young woman who, earlier this week, decided that she no longer felt safe, even though she lives in a very central 
part of Israel and has a young son. And so she took matters into her own hands. She applied for a license and she was getting her first instructions on how to use her Glock 17. What are the rules about guns in Israel? Is it a place where it's common for civilians to own a weapon? The rules for firearm ownership in Israel are quite similar to what they are in Australia. So if you live in a rural part of the country and you require it for farming purposes, you might get access to a rifle. Civilians generally don't carry firearms, but if they're involved in the security industry, they might. The rules currently are being significantly relaxed. So in parts of the country that are considered high risk because of their proximity to the Gaza border or because they were subject to the terrorist attacks on October 7, in some cases, entire cities have had the regulations relaxed so every citizen can potentially gain access to a weapon. As it stands, a regular passport holder in Israel, a, a citizen, they can't just walk in and access a firearm for the moment. Those rules might change as the situation evolves. But if you've served in the army here and you've served in, for example, an elite unit, the rules are slightly different. You can essentially access a firearm within a matter of a few days, given the, the current easing of regulations at the moment. Are there rules about the way guns are stored in homes? Do you have to have a gun safe like you do in Australia and keep the bullets separately? Yes, there are, there are stringent rules around firearm maintenance and storage in Israel, just like in Australia. And do you think that the people who are buying extra bullets or renewing their licences or getting a gun for the first time, envisaging a situation where they might have to defend themselves and their families if militants stormed their village, for example? That's precisely the reason why they're doing it. And that's precisely what the people I spoke to at the National Shooting Centre and elsewhere are telling me. That is the reason for this sudden upsurge in interest in gun ownership. And I was speaking to two family physicians who have been required to provide medical certificates to people who are seeking to get a firearms license. And so not only are they reporting to me that the number of certificates they've had to sign has increased by an order of magnitude. They said previously they would have signed maybe 10 certificates a year. In the last few days, they've signed about 50 of them. What they're telling me is that the primary reason why people are seeking a firearm is because they're absolutely terrified. And those aren't my words, those are their words. They're terrified. They no longer believe that they can rely on the police or the army to protect them should a situation arise. And essentially, they're taking matters into their own hands. Coming up, why this represents a fundamental shift in Israeli society and how it could play into the hands of ultranationalists. A troubled young woman, her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? Uh, I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. trend has emerged in the days since Hamas humiliated Israel's world-class intelligence forces. Israeli citizens, somewhat removed from the violence, are taking steps to protect themselves and their families from possible danger. 
It represents a fundamental shift in the way citizens view law enforcement. Here's Yoni Bashan. The prevailing belief in this country has always been that the army is there, the police are there, the response will be swift. But as we saw over the weekend, because of the organisation, the planning, the capability of the attacks from Hamas, resources were spread across so many different sites, sites of mass murder and massacre, that in many instances people were trapped in their shelters for upwards of 20 hours or more. So the collective belief, it would appear, is that one needs to have access to a weapon only as a matter of contingency, but as we saw from the attacks on October 7, contingencies do arise. Is that, do you think, Yoni, a a recalibration of how Israelis regard the state? Last week, they felt relatively safe in their homes. Now they don't think the state can protect them. That's a, a huge change in the way people feel about their own country, isn't it? Are you detecting that as well? Absolutely. It's a total recalibration of the way people view the security provided by the state. There's certainly a level of anger at the intelligence failing that occurred and that led to the terrorist attacks. And because of that lack of safety, people are seeking to take matters into their own hands and procure a firearm. Are the Israelis who you're meeting on the street and at the rifle range talking about a sense of anger at the government for its shift to the right or perceived shift to the right that has made things hotter or not? At the moment, people aren't talking about a political shift to the right. No. If there is any anger among the Israeli population, it's that there was an enormous intelligence failing that led to a a shattering of everyone's sense of security in the country. And how are the politicians responding, particularly those on the right, the, the nationalists within the government and the parliament? Well, we saw within a few days of the Hamas terrorist attacks, one of the most ultra-nationalist members of the current government, the National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir, give a press conference in the city of Sterot, which was a site of one of the attacks, and essentially say everyone in the city of Sterot should be entitled to own a firearm and that regulations will be relaxed to allow them to do so because, in his own words, we want a gun on every street corner. This could be a turning point in this law and order nation's relationship with guns. Do you see this as the moment when Israel turns from a a society a little bit like Australia, where not many people own a gun, to, to one more like America, where guns are in a lot of households? Yes, this would be the turning point for that. And that's certainly the fear, particularly among the family physicians I spoke to who are signing the medical certificates. They're particularly concerned about the direction the country is taking. They're signing medical certificates with a great sense of trepidation because, yes, while the person in front of them might be fit and proper, according to the paperwork in front of them, these are people they've known and have treated for many, many years and who they, in their personal capacity as a physician, are wondering if they're truly suitable to hold a firearm. And and you have to remember that once you hold a firearm and you have access to it, who knows what one might do that is the concern at the moment. When you have a proliferation of firearms, there's a worry that there might be more of a tendency to use them. 
This immediate need for protection means consideration of the long-term consequences of relaxing the rules around firearm ownership has fallen by the wayside. One of the other aspects to this which is confusing observers is why the government has taken this step to relax firearm ownership on what seems to be a permanent basis, where they're wondering, wouldn't it have been more prudent to relax the rules, for example, for a three-month period or a six-month period, or have some sort of expiry date or sunset clause attached to them? Uh, The policies as they remain in place now appear likely to just lead to a proliferation of guns when that could easily be avoided with a bit of foresight. Yoni Bashan is the Australian's correspondent on the ground in Israel. You can read his reporting and all our coverage and analysis of the unfolding crisis in the Middle East at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.